Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. It's a joy to come here. It's a joy to see you people. When we are in Africa and we hear all that is happening and you come and see people still praise the Lord, it's an encouragement. Yeah, We don't hear good news. We hear really bad news. But when you come and see people preaching the gospel, uh, churches buying old buildings, converting them into churches, seeing, you know, hearing people being baptized, it's powerful. There's nothing like knowing Jesus. Yeah? So please move on, move on. It's the way to go. There's nowhere else, nothing else you can do than meeting with Jesus, than walking with God. The someone I have this morning to share with us is something I possibly felt the Lord put it on my heart. And every time where I have been, I've not shared this message. Something else has come in, and I've shared something different. But this morning, I want to share this message with us. And I believe it's something the Lord possibly will charge our hearts. Yes? Because uh, I think it's a timely message in the days we live in that we may hear what God possibly is saying. Yeah, the message I have is, uh, the theme of my message is uh, rebuilding the temple. Yeah? Rebuilding the temple. You know, God is interested in his temple. Remember in the Old Testament, when David wanted to build a temple, and the Lord said, you can't build a temple because you've shed blood, but one of your sons will build a temple, and they build a temple, and Solomon built this temple, and when the temple was complete, Solomon prayed, and he said, Lord, I ask that whoever will come to this temple and is sick will be healed. Whoever will come to this temple and asks anything from you, Lord, you will provide. And the Lord answered and said, yes, I will do. God is interested in his temple. And many times, of course, the children of Israel sinned and left to God. And when they left to God, you know, when we leave God, what happens? Things go bad. And they went to exile. The temple was destroyed completely. And it took 70 years for them to come back home. And when they came back home, they, uh, they, uh, they, they, everything was destroyed. So I will ask someone to read for us these verses I want us to read. But the temple had been destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed. You know the story very well. Uh, and God chose three men to do a number of work to make sure that all these were done. The first one was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the man who was given the responsibility was in Nehemiah. You know that? And he was able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, the second one that was given responsibility to rebuild the temple was Zerubbabel. I will talk more about that shortly. I want to give us just a... an outline of what I want to share with us, and then we can move on. 
And the third was, built, was given responsibility to restore worship. And that was Ezra. Ezra was given to, re, to, to, re, to restore worship. I want to share the rebuilding of the temple, and possibly we can see what this means. I, I have heard you have a man here with a beautiful voice, I'm told. The only man in this church with a beautiful voice. Uh, he can uh, read for us Haggai chapter 1, uh, from verses 1 to 11. Charles, you hear, you qualify here, you're the man with a beautiful voice. I'm told, I don't know whether you agree with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, Charles, you passed, so you can read. The command to build God's house. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shephi, governor of Judea, to Josiah, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourself to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, that's uh, verse 5, thus says the Lord of force, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, you looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I brew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withhold its fruits. Verse 11 For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. That says the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Surely the man has a very wonderful voice, yeah? He's <laughs> really, really has a good voice, yeah? My voice is so small, he's so deep. <laughs> and all of you can stay awake as he, as he reads. This is very exciting. It's very exciting. It's very good to have prophets in the church. Zerubbabel had begun building the temple, had actually asked the people to come and they rebuild the temple. And they said, we cannot because we don't have money. 
because the rubber is too much, because of so many things, so many reasons, and uh, they could not rebuild the temple. And the Lord sent his prophets. I mean, Haggai is one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. His book is not so big. It has two chapters only. But you know, it has a powerful message for the church. Even though he's taken to be one of the minor prophets, it has a powerful message for the body of Christ. I know you understand, you're saying, but how, you're talking about a building. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about the building. Then it was a building, a place of worship, a place where people met. But today, it is your heart. It is my heart. It is what God is calling you to do. And he say, you know, the time has not yet come. I don't know about you, but several times when the Lord has spoken to me to do something and I've not done it. And I think things are going to work out, but actually they don't work out. Why? Because I've not listened well. And Haggai tells them, you're working hard, but you get very little. You see, nothing can satisfy us other than walking in obedience to God's word. When you choose to obey the Lord, then everything works out well. When we choose to do things your way, you keep on working and working and working and you're never satisfied. So God had to send prophets, and uh, it's good to have prophets in the house. It's good to have people to speak to us, because when they come with a word from the Lord, it confirms that the Lord has put on your heart, and people who hear will say, it is not his now, it is not hers now, it is from the Lord. So these men did a great work by inviting, I mean, by bringing back the word of the Lord to the people, and the people began building. Praise God. They began building the house. He says here, you have sown much and bring in a little. You eat, but not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with the drink. You close yourselves but no one is warm. Today, the weather is good, yeah? The weather is good if it's possible. People can throw away their clothes. But next few months to come, you will need the clothes, even thicker ones. And, uh, and here it says, you need warm clothes. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Do you know what? God wants to take pleasure in us. He wants to say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God wants to say, this is my son who listens to me. And when he speaks and you listen and you do it, God is happy. 
And what is going to give us all that we need, beloved friends, is nothing else. Is obedience to God's word. Okay? Is obedience to God's word. That is what is going to help us. Zechariah chapter 5, from verse 1 and 2. Again, he says, God sent prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to prophesy. And uh, after he prophesied, you know, Zerubbabel and Joshua stood up to go. It is important. You're blessed. You have many prophets around. In our ministry, we are actually asking God to give us prophets. We ask God to give us more prophets. There is nothing good than having what God is speaking to you and you are there doubting it and somebody comes and says, this is what the Lord says. I was, I've been, I've visited a number of churches ever since I arrived. One pastor told me they were planning to buy a building and as they were to buy, planning to buy the building, they said, ah, we're not going to buy this building. And a prophet came in the church he did not know anything. And he says, you are planning to buy a building here and there, but actually the Lord is saying, go and buy that building. And they went and bought the building. It works well when men of God, women of God, have a heart and speak out. So when you are doubting and you get somebody who speaks out, you, things work out. Yes, things work out. So number one we get from this story here is we are all of us are called to rebuild the world, to rebuild the temple. To rebuild how is my temple? How is my temple? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. It reads, Whose voice then shook the earth? But now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Okay? The Lord is going to shake. The Lord wants to stir us up, beloved, that we can come out from our comfort zones to serve the purposes of the Lord. We were in a prayer meeting when I arrived here. It was really good to see you people in prayer and praying for the number of nations you know, number of nations you're here, but you're saying, no, let us pray for this nation, let us pray for Iraq, let us pray for this, let us pray. I mean, it's powerful. And it's that, that is what pleases the Lord. Our hearts are stirred up when God is at work, when God speaks to us and we engage ourselves in and do it, our hearts are stirred up. So we see the prophets are stirring People to rebuild. The prophets are stirring people to rebuild the temple. The prophets are stirring us to change our ways. To begin doing things that are in line with God's will. You know, I was reading to one of the churches. Listen this to, to, to this. This is a man God used in his time. And this is what he did. Let me see whether I can find him. A man used of God and listen to what happened. Yes, look, look at this man. He, you could know him very well. I read one of his books. 
John G. Lake. Okay, this is what happened to this man. He was a Canadian-American and a leader in the Pentecostal movement. He was a man of rugged tongue of fire. He healed the sick to the point that they arrested him from practicing medicine without medical license. That is Mike now. Mike arrested him. You did not study medicine. How can you heal the sick? I love that. Yeah? I love that. That God can do something and people arrest you because you're not qualified. But heaven has qualified you. Hallelujah. Heaven has qualified you. So let us check ourselves. Let us obey the Lord. I mean, John, this man, like, to reach you there, he had to obey the Lord. And God honored him. And other people came to arrest, but they could do nothing. They could do nothing. James chapter 4 verse 8 tells us this. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, you know, this is James. And I'm not telling you, you know, terrible, no, 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 we are all hungry, we are forgiven sinners. And you know what, every time we come to God, you know what happens? Our sins come out. And we shout. Because we do not want sin and the holiness of God can never be together. When God comes in, our sins get out. They can never be together in the same room. And God wants to cleanse our hearts. That's why James is telling us, draw near to God and we draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded people. God would love to change us. See, I said number one was a call to rebuild. Number two was a response. The people had to respond. When God has sent his prophets, we have to respond. In verses, uh, chapter one of Haggai, verses 12 to 15, this is what out it says, then Zerubbabel, the son of Shekeliah, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnants of all of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. Every time the presence of God comes, there is the reverence of God. And people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. Though so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shetliel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnants of the people, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. 
So, so the 24th day of the six months, the second year of the King Darius, work began. They were able to change. You know, we cannot, we cannot stay the same. When God is on something, you can't stay the same. You either accept or don't. And you know the answer. When we fail to, re- when we refuse to accept, the answer, we all know it's not a good one. Okay, it's not a good one. So there is a call, God is, God is calling us to rebuild the temple. He's calling us to rebuild our hearts, to prepare ourselves, to position ourselves so that he can use us. And then there is that, this time again of saying, yes, Lord, I'm ready. And I thank God. I thank God that there is a move. You know, you don't see, but when the people visit like I come, you can see something happening. I, 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 do, I have a sense in my spirit that during this time around, something is going to break out. So we have to reach the dead end, yeah? Have you ever seen this sign of the road? We have to reach the dead end for God to come in and open a door that we can walk through it. We have to reach a dead end. If you hear what is happening around in this world, if you see what is happening, now I was reading this morning in our country, Uganda, rebels came from Congo to Western Uganda to a school that's on the border, and they killed, they've killed 41 innocent children in school. Is that good? No. Why? Devil. Sin has covered our world. Darkness has covered our world. We need a move of God to dispel the works of darkness in our time. Something we can never do with our own mind, but go to come and do it. One of the men I have here on my, I've read here, was, they say, during his time, whenever he would pass, people would, without him preaching, People do follow him crying and saying, how can we be saved? You see that? Without preaching. There's a lady I read of called um, uh, Kuhlman. Eh? She, has a, she has another name. Catherine Kuhlman, yes, thank you. Yes, Catherine Kuhlman. They say every time she was walking, as she was walking to the airport, if she had walked that road before and she was walking back, People fall down slain in the spirit without a word. I pray for God to move in our time. I pray that people will bow their knees with less of our effort and more of his presence. It's my prayer that God will do that. And once he does that, things will begin to break. Things will begin to change. Number three. The Lord spoke to, 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 to Haggai in chapter 2, verse 23. This is what the Lord spoke to Haggai. Uh, anybody who can read for me here? I, I want to get the right, uh, uh, right, right word here. Verse 23. Second, I mean, Haggai chapter 2, verse 20, 20, 23. Maybe verse, we start with verse 20. 
It says, and again the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, saying, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shetria, says the Lord, and I will make you a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. You know, Zerubbabel today would be you. Zerubbabel would be me. Zerubbabel would be that person who is, who is waiting for the Lord to speak to them. Who has given in his life and saying, Lord, yes, do it. The person who is saying, Lord, wherever you send me, I will go. And whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. It could be you. It could be me today. And you know this word, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, every time you were given a ring, a king gave you his ring, that meant you are his representative. That meant you are very important. Wherever you go, it's like you're going as a king. Remember Joseph in Egypt? Remember what they did? They gave him a, a king's ring. And wherever he went, they knew not, nobody would touch Joseph, even though he was a Hebrew. But because the king had given him his ring, Joseph was so important. And the Lord says, I've given you this ring. Hello? Anybody who can say that? Do you believe you have that ring? It's given you authority. Matthew chapter 16 talks about it. I'm building my church. And the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Mark chapter 16, 15, it talks about you going to the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Baptize people. You know, those who get saved, baptize them. Heal the sick. You know, he has given us power. He has given us authority to go out and do that. The problem is, can I? Lord, can I? Have I heard well? It is not how you feel. It's what he has said about you. You may feel, you know there's a song we usually sing, even when I feel you're doing nothing. You are at work. Even when I feel you are far away, Lord, you are at work. You know he never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches over you. He watches over me every day. I will make you into, I make you like a silent ring. Saying, I, 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 you mind. The Lord says, you mind. Can you tell that to your neighbor? I'm about to finish. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19. You were purchased, and it talks about how we are purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. All of us here, we were purchased by the blood of Jesus. So it's, you're not for yourself. You're not for your mom or your dad. You're for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 
Amen. Galatians talks about it as well. Let me finish the last part here. The first point is, he says, I have chosen. He told, he told Zerubbabel, I have chosen you. I have chosen you. I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. And John 15, verse 16, this is what Jesus tells people. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you, that you should bear fruit, and that fruit, that your fruit should last. The word last here means to remain. Your fruit should remain daily. So religiously, we are very good on Sundays. We are very good on prayer meetings. But other days, we may not be. But people who have met with the Lord are good on a daily basis. That should be our yearning. That should be our desire. Every day, we are, we are good. We bear fruit. And the fruit that will remain. He, 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 he continued to say that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You see, that is the secret. When you remain in him, that means your prayer life will change. You will stop asking things selfishly for yourself. You begin to think of another person somewhere. You begin to think of, you know, you think like Jesus. You ask things the way Jesus would have asked the Father because you have remained. Yeah? You have remained. So God wants us to bear fruit that will remain. Now, I've heard my sister say we are going to surround, go around here. What if, what if you go around the buildings and you're praying? Of course, you're not even shouting, you're praying in tongues and in your spirit. And the Lord tells you to go and speak to the gentleman who is before you, that Jesus loves you. Fear will grip you, and you say, I'm dead now. But actually, you don't, you know that. When God does that, he has prepared the other person to receive. But when you go with the fear that has gripped you, you lose out. And the person is no more to see. Maybe the next minute the person dies. And you have that, that question. I wish I had spoken to that person. I wish I had done it. So you have been chosen, beloved. You have been chosen. And God has chosen you to go and bear fruit. And the fruit that will remain. You know, when God is to move, there will be a fruit that will remain. People will come and ask you questions. They asked Paul, what should we do to get saved? They asked Peter. They asked many people. They keep on asking up to this day. People are asking, why do you manage to rejoice daily? How do you manage to be happy today? People can ask that question. And then you're able to answer them. Amen? You're able to answer them. It's because of Jesus. We usually have a medical outreach. Tim came to that. But Tim, we did not take Tim to the, to the village, very, I mean, very deep in the bush. We did not. Because we feared you, you would be angry with us. We took him near, near Kampara. 
But we usually go to deep villages and we put tents up. And we sleep in those tents. And people come, sometimes they come with bad wounds. Sometimes they have not bathed for some time. They've been sick and are alone and they have nobody with them. And we have people who bathe them. And we love them. And sometimes they cry tears. And they say, why do you do that? For us, they're preaching the gospel. You can preach the gospel anywhere. Nobody will stop you. But we say, Jesus has loved us as well. And because of him, that's why we are doing what we are doing. And people get saved. <coughs> Beloved friends, my prayer, let me finish with, can I read another verse and I finish? Is that okay? <coughs> I don't want you to leave me here alone. Let, 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 let me, first, first Corinthians chapter 3, quickly, and then I finish. First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. You can begin from verse 5 if you have time. You can write that down. But I'm going to read verses 16, 17. And uh, yes, I stop there. He said, Do not, don't you know that you are the temple of God? And the spirit of the Lord dwells in you. If anyone defies the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which, is, which, which temple you are. Okay? Now, it is not a building, beloved, in case you think so. You can meet anywhere. In Uganda or in Africa sometimes, we meet under a tree. The presence of God is there. Because we are the temple. We are the temple of the Lord. But we can destroy this temple here by lots of wrong thoughts, wrong activities, wrong plans. We can destroy this temple. And, the, and Paul says, if this temple is destroyed, then God will destroy us as well. We are the carriers of the Holy Spirit. We need to have that aroma that it pulls people to that pulls people to us. Yeah? Jesus said, if you, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men to myself. If you lift me up in the praise, I'll draw all men to myself. It is God who does that. Your job is to keep that aroma. And then God does that.